Hello everybody and welcome back to Eyes and Eyes. My name is John. That's Ian. Hey everybody. Woo! We had a little bit of a holiday break-ish there, sort of. Uh, but we are back for at least a little bit before the we take a, probably a, a week or two off for Christmas. We'll be back next week. Well, next week, yeah. But then, you know, family time and friends time and all that other time that is the holiday season. I'll be in New York and Delaware. Which is probably colder than Seattle will be. Uh, Sir, it was like 29 degrees this morning Fahrenheit here. It was kind of ridiculously cold. Well, I guess when you're used to dampness anyways, 29 would be a little cold. Yeah, it's it's unseasonably cold. Mm, Let's just put it that way. Anyways, it is episode 72 because, um, and we are unable to contain our excitement for Unstable, which comes out uh, on Friday. Yes, the third unsaid that, you know, people have been like, we're ever going to get an un three? Finally is here. Yep. We've talked about it a little bit uh, in the few episodes prior, and we mentioned the card we're most looking forward to seeing. We'll talk about a few of them again uh, during this episode. Uh, but before we do, a few things that we want to turn our eyes to the community on is, well, A, Unstable comes out on December 8th, so go draft it with your friends at your local game store or whatever it is. Uh, Friday is also the Loading Ready Run pre-pre-release for Unstable on the release day. So it's less of a PPR, more a R, sort of. Uh, but uh, they invited Megan and Maria from Magic the Amateuring, Wedge from the Mana Source, and lead designer of Magic the Gathering, Mark Rosewater himself, making the short trek up from Seattle to Victoria. I am stoked, and I'm also sad. <laughs> because you're working. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's like, yeah. come on. I oh, think I can fr- actually watch live. I can watch it live. But, uh, uh, these Friday PPRs kill me. Like I, I get, I get why they do it. Like I've talked with Graham in person <laughs> about why they do it. It still makes uh, me sad inside. Yeah, apparently tricks. The I think I saw is going to make the trick up or the trip up. The trick is going to make the trick up. Uh, trick, if you're listening, I'm sorry. Uh, is going to make the trip up to Victoria as well. Yeah, I saw him uh, tweeting about that and stuff earlier. Today. He was talking yeah. about that. So those four, who we previously mentioned alongside Graham, Kathleen, uh, Adam, and Cameron, are all going to be drafting Unstable and playing for everyone's enjoyment. Look, I just want a match between Adam and Mark Rosewater. Oh, please. That'd be great. <laughs> that would um, be the greatest match ever. Also, um, out t- as of the day of recording, not the day of publication, uh, the new Game Nights with Unstable came out with uh, Jimmy and Josh of the Command Zone, as well as Gavin and Mark Rosewater, and it is hilarious and you should watch it mark is making the rounds when it comes to this set (laughs) yeah mark's not playing around with unstable he wants to make sure it is a success so oh without further actually we should mention that team oh my god why are they so good japan won the world magic cup yes they did yep team usa was that left out of the top eight but team japan uh took the crown uh with uh, Yuya, Shota, and I forget the name of their national champion. Um, but they they cleaned house. They it was not even close. They are the World Magic Cup. Honestly, like when I like we saw their team, it's one of those like, uh, yeah, they good. Also, a shout out to Eli Cassis who won the SCG Invitational for the end of the year. Good job, Eli. Uh, uh, he also, was on. He was on standard deck was Team Rare Energy, and his modern deck was Storm. Hey, buddy. Um, also, uh, hats off to the American team uh, of Reed Duke, who was the captain, Jerry Thompson, and Oliver Tomiko, who was the national champion. Y'all did a fantastic job. 
at the world at USA. the World Magic Cup and USA. heads off Anyway, oh, USA. so one other, one other thing about the World Magic Cup is on the last day in the top eight, Wizards had a brilliant, brilliant marketing ploy. Oh, it was by letting they had literal stacks on stacks of the unstable basic full and when we say full art full borderless uh, art lands they, they lent them so to good. the players i think shoda was the only one who didn't and that's because he was playing with guru lands so of course as one does uh, you know i i can't fault him for that but they looked in my personal opinion incredible on camera oh yeah uh, uh, they also played with them during game nights and oh my god they look so good yeah i honestly like feel like i definitely need to put them in so I want to put him on decks just because it makes fetching so much easier. Yeah. Like I have uh, I have white, some white bordered duels in my Highlander deck and in my Legacy deck. And it's just like I literally just look for the white border. And be like, okay, there's white border. Is that the one I want? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, also, like I, I just imagine myself like I want them all in foil and I want enough for my cube. And that's like I'm just crying on the inside thinking oh. about trying to do that. The other day I priced out how much it would be to get 17 of each from Card Kingdom. This was like through, uh, Sunday during the mm. day. To get 17 of each card, it would cost you about $99 and like 75 cents or something like that. Oh, or a hundred, my bad, $199. Okay, I was about to say $99. I would take that deal. $199. Yeah, it's, I'd probably still take that deal. Yeah, um, and even then, if you want a full draft set, you probably can get away with like 13 uh, I mean, my draft set of lands is ten each because I never want. I, I rarely want to play more than eleven than ten of one basic. But yeah, thirteen is probably the best number that you would like minimum get away with. Yeah, you Anyways. might you might want fifteen or sixteen red cards just in case you're drafting mono red. Obviously. Uh, anyways, let's go ahead and talk about the unstable itself. We talked about the borderless basic lands. Uh, they also had the foil tokens, which are either the silver border tokens that certain cards make, uh, or they are uh, tokens that are also just regular magic cards like the 2-2 Zombie, the 3-3 Beast, the 4-4 Flying Angel, which are also foil tokens. And the backside is a literal full art version. No name, no border, no nothing. Goes all the way to the edge. The full bleed, as Mark Rosewater called it. And uh, just looking at pictures of them, they look gorgeous. Yeah, we're going to hear that word a lot today. Gorgeous. Because, oh, it's so good. Yeah. So, Unstable, the set, has two mechanics in it that are, like, named, named mechanics. Not counting the the one-off fun little stories like Go to Jail, which is the Monopoly card, or whatever. So, the Nerf. one of the mechanics is Host Augment. So, Host is a card type that goes on creatures. And you'll have cards like the Adorable Kitten, which, have, which are host creatures. Uh, the Adorable Kitten, by the way, is a white for a 1-1 host creature cat. Uh, it has, when this creature enters the battlefield, roll a six-sided die, you gain life equal to the result, which is cool. But there are also cards that say Augment, which um, have Augment and a cost, and you reveal the card and you combine it with a host. And you can only Augment as a sorcery. There is a Ninja, which lets you Augment as though it would had Flash, which is flavorful, of course. Um, for example, one of the Augments, the first one that I came to, is Half Kitten, Half uh, and it turns whatever it is into a creature cat and whatever the host was. Uh, and the half kitten half reads whenever you adult damage, comma, which then would go into the half of adorable kitten. For, for example, roll a six sided die, you gain life equal to the result. Uh, it's augment cost is, by the way, two and a white. 
uh, and also the all the augments give some sort of change to the power and toughness of the original creature. For example, half kitten half gives plus one plus two. Uh, there's also rhino hyphen, which gives plus one plus four, and so on. Yeah, so there was actually an infinite combo. <laughs> Yes, which they have since loot. They have since closed off because they're like, no, no. Yeah, no. they had to errata. It was when you combine the half it's, squirrel, half horse or ordinary pony. I believe it's half half pony. Yeah, it's half. Yeah, yeah, and it's ordinary pony. So ordinary pony is two and a white, two three. Whenever this, whenever when this creature enters the battlefield, you may exile non-horse creature you control, then return to the battlefield under its owner's control. Half squirrel half is a creature squirrel that augments for a green that gives minus one minus O, but more importantly, whenever a non whenever, an, you know, whenever a non token creature enters the battlefield, so you would have half squirrel half enter the battlefield, and then it would trigger its pony, and you could exile the squirrel, and then have that's, it. The- that's no, no, that's not how that works. Oh, no. <laughs> so half squirrel half squirrel half pony means that whenever another creature enters the battlefield. Mm-hmm. Um, you may exile target non-horse creature you control and then return it to the battlefield under its owner's control. Oh, right. So, so let's just say that you have half squirrel, half pony, and then, and then you play uh, Raging Goblin or whatever. You can infinitely blink the Raging Goblin. or So any ETB effect is just broken. Exactly. And so, um, so Mark Rosewater, as, a, as the unrules manager, closed the loop to basically make it so that you can only do it once per creature, essentially. Yeah, it's like, yeah. That hadn't left the battlefield that turn, I believe, is how he fixed it exactly. But silver, they don't normally do, you know, card level errata, but silver border rules, they do card level errata because silver border matters less. We should also ma- um, we should also mention these cards will be legal with a few exceptions until, what is it, January 15th? Until January 15th in for Commander, yes. which caused all sorts of uproars. Yeah, so I know when I'm going home for Christmas... Lindsay and her brothers and I are going to get together and play a big game of EDH. I was, I even like put on like, see, what do you guys think about this? And they're like, yeah, no. And I'm like, agreed. I don't feel mainly the reason is we don't feel like going out and spending money on silver border cards for one game. Yeah. Uh, Silver border cards, I think are fine in commander. If you and your friends all agree to it, I'm sure that there's some groups that have already been doing so. Yeah, yeah, um, and and I think that it, uh, there are a lot of people who took this the wrong way, like the how like the rule the EDH rules committee was like working for big card shop and taking like like uh, uh, what's the name of this? What, what do you call it? Uh, like splashbacks from the stores for making silver border cards suddenly worth money or oh, whatever. Kickbacks like, don't don't yeah kickbacks yeah like no they just wanted to have fun. Well, another thing is too is see so people were making the argument well. If your EDH group wanted to play with Silver Borders, they probably already are because you can make house rules, which is fine. Yes. But there's also the awesome thing of, hey, maybe this will get some playgroups to be like, hey, let's have a Silver Border night kind of thing like that. Where before they wouldn't have had one. And because like, oh man, this Silver Border format's pretty fu- pretty fun to do once every so often. Might as well, right? So. Yeah. But anyways. Just, just um, hey, stop hating on fun, people. Seriously, yeah. just stop hating fun. Let, let people... Don't be the person who says your fun is wrong. Yeah, don't, just don't, be the person who'd be, be like, hey, how do you want to have your kind of fun? And maybe exactly. you might find something you like in yourself. Exactly. Anyway. So the real, the real mechanic that got everybody talking the minute that they heard about it was contraptions. And so contraptions are a little complicated. I'm still confused by them. 
Okay, so contraptions, they're all artifacts. There are nine for each of the four of the five factions in the set. Uh, and they they actually go together to make a, th- a sweet three-by-three three grid of one continuous piece of art, which is fantastic. So here's how contraptions work. Well, first off, um, in Constructed, you may have a minimum 15-card contraption deck of singleton cards. So that means you cannot have two boom flingers in your contraption deck in Constructed. In Limited, your contraption deck can be however big you want with duplicates. Any questions there? No. Cool. When you open your booster pack, your booster pack is going to have 16 cards in it. It's going to have the token of the basic land, which you normally remove, which the basic land can also be a steam flogger boss, which you get, which you'll just keep. Um, the, you'll have eight commons. I believe it is, um, three uncommons, a rare or mythic rare, and then two contraptions. Hmm. So, so you'll also draft your contraptions when you are drafting unstable. And again, you are not obliged to take any contraptions. You can take as many contraptions as you like. Um, and in limited, like I said, you, you're, there's no minimum deck size for your contraptions. Yeah. And you can have duplicates. So you have your contraption deck. You're ready to play. Nothing happens with your contraption deck until you play a card that assembles a contraption. Normally, you have creatures who assemble contraptions, or there are a few cards that will that say you assemble a contraption, uh, such as there's a blue rare that's uh, XU, XUU. Uh, it is Insight Insight, which is not fun. Uh, it's XUU for a rare sorcery. Uh, assemble X contraptions. Um, and when you assemble a contraption, you uh, flip over the top card of your contraption deck, and then you put it face up into one of your sprockets. Now, what are sprockets, you ask? Well, the back of the uh, contraption card tells you everything you need to know because it doesn't have a magic back. Basically, you have three columns, a.k.a. sprockets. You have sprocket one, sprocket two, and sprocket three. You may put any of your contraptions that you assemble into one of those sprockets. Any questions there? Nope. All right. At the beginning of your upkeep, you will advance the sprocket counter by one and then crank, a.k.a. activate, all of the contraptions in that column. So you can have multiple contraptions per column. Correct. There's no limit to them. You could put them all in one column. You could spread them out. doesn't matter. Gotcha. The contraption counter starts on sprocket three, and it advances like a clock. So you'll go sprocket three to sprocket one, sprocket one to sprocket two, sprocket two to sprocket three, and so on. Okay. And that, and you move the sprocket on your upkeep, always on your upkeep, and then, like I said, you then go down, and then you would you'll activate you'll you'll crank all your contraptions in that column, and you can put their triggers on the stack however you like. Gotcha. Um, and so you can make combos like there were a few ones that were mentioned, uh, such as there's one of the contraptions, which I'm trying to find right now, which is Genetic Recombinator, which says whenever you crank Genetic Recombinator, up to two target creatures each get plus two, plus two until end of turn. And then you can combo it with something like uh, BB Gun, which says whenever you crank BB Gun until end of turn, target creature gains pay two. This creature fights another target creature. So you can have them on the same sprocket. Yes. And then when you crank, crank, both of them. When you crank it, so you crank it, get both effects at once. That's cool. Correct. Okay, it makes a lot more sense doing that now. Now now I get it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Their, ex- their explanation in the article was kind of wordy, and I feel like it's much better explained, A, verbally, instead of by text. And also, why didn't they have a video or a GIF or something to make it easier to understand? I'm really um, hoping that Lur does one for uh, this pre-re- pre-release. The PPR for it. Also, uh, Game Nights does a fantastic visual representation during the games, as well as a visual like overlay that they do explaining contraptions. That is fantastic. 
which is why there's a link to it in the in the doobly doo. Um, yeah, they're much easier to understand as opposed to the other side. Now the fun, the the interesting thing is that these contraptions are not silver bordered; they are borderless. Um, but you but you can't put them in your magic decks because they don't have a magic back. And so technically, these contraptions are quote legacy legal, but there's no way to assemble it in black border, so they don't mean anything. Yeah, it's like well, yep. But I think the contraptions the contraptions, contraptions are a really sweet mechanic. I think that they're going to work pretty well. Um, people, I think, will get a lot of play out of them. And uh, seeing Gavin play with the contraptions in the uh, in the game nights video kind of really sold me on how well they're going to play and how you can kind of maneuver around playing with contraptions. Seems fun. I think so too. I hope I get a chance to draft it. Like I'm trying to debate if I'm going to be able to pick up a box or if I'm going to do it at home or. I, don't know. I think that the default should that everybody should be should at least draft unstable once, and if they like it, get a box and draft it with friends. Because I think that's going to be the best outcome, uh, as opposed to you know going to a GP and seeing if they'll do an unstable draft. Because they might, but I, I think that it's more likely that at a GP or at a SCG Open that the more popular drafts are going to be um, current sets or masters products or the like. But in any case. Let's talk about some card by cards. Um, I, the first one on the list that I put was Baron Von Count, but I kind of already talked about Bar- Baron Von Count last time. So I think it's probably better if we just go ahead and talk about the Grand Calcutron, who is, oh boy, this card is weird. Yeah. So the Grand Calcutron is blue-white for a legendary artifact, and uh, it's a mythic. When Grand Calcutron enters the battlefield, each player's hand becomes a program. AKA an ordered row of revealed cards. Uh, players can only play the first card of their program. Uh, if a card would be put into a player's hand from anywhere, that player reveals it and places it anywhere within his or her program instead. And then at the beginning of each player's end step, if that player's program has fewer than five cards, he or she draws cards equal to the difference. So, Ian, could you help explain what's going on with this card? So... <laughs> from what I what I can gather from the many times that I've tried reading and understanding this card is that so what a program kind of like what this allows is it's a computer program has a thing called we like to call it's just like the stack it's first in last out so if your card basically if if you if you're reading left to right it depends actually so wow. <laughs> how do you how do you order your program? Do you say you're going from left to right or right to left? I didn't even think of this. I believe I believe that each player has to state whether or not they're going right to left, left to right. <sighs> um, I, I I'm actually going to check the uh, the unstable fact, which is so, okay. So I, what my assumption would be is you don't lay them all out necessarily like side by side. You know how you have your hand and your hand is basically you know. You, you kind of fan it out so like they're layered on top of it i would assume like you could put like top card of that is the top of your stack so it'll be the first out of the stack kind of thing like that which is the first thing you can do out of your program maybe that's uh, that's what i'm assuming with this but like well it does say an ordered row okay so the, then like uh, the i guess it would, okay so then it would just be like next to each other basically how some players would be like okay i'm just gonna play with my hand up because you inquisitioned me so like the ones that you know of i'll leave them out so i don't have to like you don't have to keep referring to it you know as, right. as good as nice players will do yes as friendly players yeah i do that because i do that you you reveal yeah. my hand yeah i'll uh, play with it i'll play with it 
between my lands and myself. Yeah. Basically, you play a card, the first card before you have to you have to play the first card before you play the second card. And you have to play the second card before you play the third card and so on and so forth. And then whenever you whenever you draw a card, you just get to put it uh, wherever on the uh, on that ordering that you want. So what's funny is I actually stack my hands on Magic Online in a way that would allow me to play this and be fine. Yeah. Um, so like I uh, would like I basically like will put going from left to right. I'll have my most expensive cards on the left, my cheapest cards on the right. And I'll stack my land. So if it's like turn one, I'll have a land and then a one drop and a land and two drop and a land and a three drop and then a four drop and a five drop and stuff like that. All right. So that way, like if I start drawing lands, I can just start ordering it how I would and then play it out from there. So that'll be cool. Uh, okay. On the unstable fact, um, when the Grand Calcatron enters the battlefield, all players take their hands and place them face up on the table. They then order them as they choose into a row called a program. The only card they may cast is the leftmost card in their program. Whenever a card would go to their hand, they drew it, it got bounced, etc. That player that can't put their card anywhere in their program, they wish. Okay. You're going to each instep. If you have fewer than five cards, you draw up to five. Okay, so it's flipped from how I usually do it. Usually I have my cheapest on the right, so I'd have to be on the left. Okay. So yeah. you play, um, play from the left. Now, the funny thing about the Grand Calcutron is that there was the intent that the Grand Calcutron would be legal as a commander. They were going to put that on the card, but they ran out of space when they had as they tried to describe the program. But, so uh, there's another Day Zero Errata to the Grand Calcutron that you can play it as your commander. A legendary artifact commander. Yes. God dang, I love this. It's fantastic. Um, That's too. They cool. thought about they thought about making it a creature, but then they realized that that was beyond the point because the, the Grand Calcutron is kind of the leader of the Order of the Widget, which is the blue white faction, uh, and they didn't make sense because the whole idea is that he had transcended humanity. So Grand Calcutron can be your commander. Fair. Mark Rosewater said so. Grand Calcutron's hilarious. Nice. So what we got next? Uh, next is the card that makes everybody very upset. By everybody, I mean judges. And by, and, by, is, and by judges especially, we mean, sorry, Serge. Yes. Sorry, Serge. Had to explain that. Uh, rules lawyer. Three white, white for an artifact creature. Cyborg advisor at rare. It's a 1-1. One, one, and it says, state-based actions don't apply to you or other permanents you control. So, the TLDR... You don't lose the game for having zero or less life, or from drawing from an empty library. Uh, your creatures are destroyed due to damage, or death touch, and aren't put into the graveyard due to having zero or less toughness. Your planeswalkers aren't put into a graveyard for having zero or less loyalty, and you can have two legendary permanents with the same name in play at the same time. Counters aren't removed from permanents due to game rules. Permanents you control, attached, or combined illegally remain on the battlefield, and then there's a reference to the complete rules and regulations at Rule 704 of the Comprehensive Rules text. Basically, weird things happen when state-based effects aren't aren't um, allowed. Because um, everything in Magic checks off of state-based actions. There's a lot of things that check off of it. Like I said, like combat dam- your creatures never die from combat damage, except for, except for Rules Lawyer. Like, you can have multiple legendary permanents with the same name in play. You can put a um, a pacifism on your pro-white creature. <laughs> well, actually, no. You, that wouldn't work. Because you still have to target it, and that doesn't, that's not a state-based action. But anyways, there's a lot of weird things that happen with Rules Lawyer. Because Rules Lawyer is going to be the most annoying card. It's even more annoying if you have two of them. Because then you literally never die. 
Unless someone has a destroy target creature for your, one of your two rules lawyers. <laughs> yeah, it's not fun. It's fun for the person playing it, but not for anyone else. Yeah, that... I hope to God I never see this card. <laughs> Please, one time. No no, no rules lawyer. Except in your deck, right? Eh. Oh, well. Anyways, uh, the next card that's on the list is the car- is a card that we actually don't really know anything about. Because it's Urza, Academy Headmaster. Because he may be dead in Black Border, but he's alive as a head in Silver Border. Because he was also in Unhinged. Yes, in Urza's Hot Tub. Which was also associated with the website, by the way. I know. So it's I. <laughs> which I have unfortunately, many... Urza's hot tub uh, doesn't work anymore. But Urza's, Urza Academy headmaster should work for a long time, hopefully. What's nice though is we did get some flavor text for a planeswalker card. We did. Which that is, is true. Pretty cool. It says whether fighting Phyrexians, founding the Talarian Academy, or just enjoying retirement, Urza always kept his head. But because he's 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 only uh he's only a head. It's Therese Nielsen art, which is gorgeous. And the card is uh, Wooberg, white, blue, black, red, green, for a four loyalty legendary planeswalker Urza at Mythic. He's got a plus one, a minus one, and a minus six. What do they do? We don't know. I've really... Did they actually say that it's actually going to be that on the card, like head to askurza.com? That's what I'm assuming it is. It it says, each of the abilities says head to askurza.com and click whatever it is that loyalty I'm just really hoping that like... This is just like an extended spoiler, and that well, is actually printed with the actual <laughs> thing on here. No, I'm I'm a hundred percent sure that that is what Urza Academy Headmaster says, oh, and then you'll go to the website, and then you'll click it, and it'll tell you what his plus one does or his minus one does. I know it's just uh... <laughs> so basically, you get an Urza Academy Headmaster. You then go on your you then get, access the internet, <laughs> go to askurza.com, and then you click the plus one, the minus one, or the minus six to see what happens. Very true. It is. It's going to be weird, mm-hmm. to say the least. Uh, next card. Uh, were you still at. I was. Were you at Desert Bus when I was, this was previewed? I was on screen when this was spoiled. Yeah, I, I thought so. I was. Uh, so, Ian, tell us about this entirely normal armchair that Graham is sitting in. <laughs> so, I won't lie. When Graham first started doing the bid for it, I was like, what is he talking about? Oh, right. <laughs> The unstable card. So he starts like talking about like how I bet you none of you noticed this entirely normal chair that I snuck into this room that I'm sitting on right now. And I was like, the chair's been here the whole time. It's like, you know, this chair that none of you saw me get in here that I'm sitting on. It's an entirely normal armchair. So it is an entirely normal armchair. It is an artifact. There is no casting cost to this card because during your turn, if entirely normal armchair is in your hand, you may hide it on the battlefield. For zero mana, return has a zero mana and a other cost. So zero one is return entirely normal armchair to its owner's hand. Only any opponent may activate this ability and only if he or she sees entirely normal armchair. For two and sacrifice entirely normal armchair, destroy target attacking creature. So, so the tech is, is somehow you have to figure out how to get entirely normal armchair onto the battlefield without your opponent knowing. And there's ways. I don't know if they're good ways. But double, there are ways. Double sleeved. Uh, the thing is, it has to be in your hand. So it could be a card inside of another card sleeve in but your hand. But then that's hand. cheating. Cheaty face. Cheaty face has to be in your hand also. <laughs> but 
I just thought of the double yeah, save thing. No, usually it's basically you somehow just kind of stack your lands properly, or while you're taking a long turn, you could be like reaching over across the board and like slip it out onto the battlefield under a land or something, or make sure your lands are really messy and get it under the jumble there. Yeah. It all depends on how to sneak out entirely normal armchair, because the card itself is actually pretty decent, I would imagine. But the trick is going to be, how do you sneak it out? Yeah, that is going to be the key there. Yeah. It's still pretty cool, though. Like, I love that we're getting stuff like that as the, the, it's design space that they're exploring that you wouldn't otherwise see. And we're going to mention that with a couple other cards here, too, coming up. That's like, maybe you'll see some of this in another kind of way, hopefully, in the future. So, yeah. Uh, next thing I wanted to talk about uh, was BB Gun and Pet Project. I already mentioned what BB Gun does. Uh, the other one is Pet Project, which is an, also a mythic. Uh, th- these are both mi- mythic contraptions. Uh, Pet Project is whenever you crank Pet Project, put target creature card from an opponent's graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. It's really good. Seriously. Like, a, a lot of these contraptions are just, like, really, really strong. That card absolutely will be seeing a ton of silver EDH play. Oh, of course. If you, if you have a contraption deck and you're assembling contraptions, you want you want a pet project. Yeah, you definitely need a pet project. But it's yeah. also a lot of these contraptions just work in Black Border. There's a few that don't, but most of them work fine. Well, I mean, to be fair, BB gun is essentially like fight on a stick. Yes, uh, the main ones that I would say don't work are the dice rolling ones. But and it, that's yeah, the dice roll. This set has a huge dice rolling sub theme, yeah. and that kind of thing. It's there's dice they rolling. There's dice rolling themes. There's dropping dice from a certain height. There's throwing dice from a certain so yeah, that, distance. That, that, that card is old Buzzbark, and old Buzzbark is kind of hilarious <laughs> since you brought him up. Uh, he's X green, green, red for a legendary goblin warrior at Mythic. He's a three three. And when he enters the battlefield, you roll X six sided dice onto the battlefield from a height of at least X inches. For each die, put a number of plus plus encounters equal to the result on each creature you control that die is touching. And for each die, old Buzzbark deals damage of equal to the result to each creature and opponent controls that the die is touching. Uh, basically, if you cast old Buzzbark for infinite mana, you destroy the earth. Yep. Just. <laughs> Yep, you uh, take a you take a rocket to the moon, and then you launch a dump truck full of dice at the Earth. Hell yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a, it, it, it is funny joke, but it's a joke don't, I like. Don't 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 actually yeah. <laughs> uh, destroy the Earth, please. I like it. I like it here. It's just a, it's just a shower of dye. Yep, but you know the. All these contraptions are really fun. Uh, the one thing that I did forget to mention about the contraptions is that when they are destroyed, they do they do not go to your graveyard. They go to the scrapyard. And there are no cards that currently reference the scrapyard, so they're essentially gone forever. I forgot there are cards to get rid of contraptions. Also, contraptions are technically artifacts in play, so any artifact destruction or sacrifice and artifact stuff mention it. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, Van- makes sense. Uh, overloaded Vandal Blast. Lol. But boom, contraptions are all fun. Uh, Ian, why don't you tell us about Do It Yourself Seraph? So DIY uh, is four white white for a mythic artifact creature cyborg angel. The four fourth flying, as angels are wont to be. Uh, Whenever DIY Seraph attacks, you may search your library for an artifact card, exile it, then shuffle your library. DIY Seraph has the text box of each card exiled with Do It Yourself Seraph in addition to its own. So This is like Marisil. 
it's a little it's a little Marisil. Um so you can basically give it any text box of any artifacts that are in your decks. Uh like you can give it just from unstable, uh you could go give it the Jack Knight ability, which is whenever another artifact enters the battlefield under your control, you can put a plus plus a counter on it. If it's a contraption, it gains lifelink till end of turn, whatever. Um in like silver and onion DH, you could get Blightsteel Colossus and make make her a uh, a four four flying indestructible trample infect, which is not as cool as a twelve twelve, but still pretty awesome. Uh indestructible uh, flying trample infect is baller. It is, but not as a 4-4. Uh, you could give, you could exile Mindslaver and turn her into a Mindslaver. What? Which would be also hilarious as a creature. Uh, there's just a lot of really fun fun things you can do with Do-It-Yourself Seraph. You can just, but it's exactly what the card says. It's a DIY. Yeah, it's like, hey, what do you want? There you go. It is a lot of fun. Also, you can make her into a uh, walking ballista. You could. You could also do that. You could also turn. You could also exile an artifact with vigilance and turn her into a literal Sarah Angel. True story. She's cool. Yeah, so, she's really. Fun. So John, side quest. What's up? Oh God, side quest. Oh man, this card's so much fun. Uh, this actually got played in the Game Nights episode, and you should go watch it to see what it, how it worked. It was beautiful. It's white for a uncommon sorcery. Uh, target target player in a silver bordered game. You can see from your seat. Gain control, gains control of target creature you control until the until your next turn. At the beginning of your next upkeep, put two plus and plus encounters on that creature. So, uh, with how side quest works is basically if you and your buddy are playing in a game with silver bordered cards, and there's another game that's next to you, or you can see it from wherever you are, you can go, "Hey, have my Tarmogoyf, or have my you know Shaggy Camel, or my Do It Yourself Seraph, or whatever, and just go to town." And then you get it back, and it's bigger because your dude went on a side quest. He got them EXP gains. Yep, all dem RP gains. <laughs> it's so good. I love that. There's flavor. a lot of cards. There's, there's several cards like that are in the same vein as like Ass Whooping from uh, Un- Unhinged, which ref- which un- which Ass Whooping is one black white uh, destroyed target silver border permanent in a game you can see from your seat. Yeah. Where you can influence other games, and in this case, uh, you you get to gift someone one of your creatures until your next turn. And then you're like, "Hey, head it back." Or one we didn't kind of mention: better than one, a oh, white and, than white one. and a green oh. sorcery. A person outside the game becomes your teammate. <laughs> yep, <laughs> you literally just be like DIY two headed giant. There's several cards that reference people outside the game, like Subcontract, Black Sorcery at Common. A person outside the game looks at target opponent's hand and chooses a non-land card from it. That player discards that card. Oh man! <laughs> or or another one that's great. I don't think I put on the list. I did not. Is Kind Slaver? Oh God! Con- which is yes. obviously a riff off of Mind Slaver. It is a five mana legendary artifact at rare. You can pay five tap and sack Kind Slaver to have tar- a person outside the game controls target player during that player's next turn. Neither player may advise that person until the end of that turn. Can, can we just comment on the art though by Zoltan Boros? Oh, it's great. It's it, it looks like the Mindslaver art, except it's literally just a beer hat. <laughs> it's a beer hat with covered eyes, and oh man, the art in this set is just uh, too it's good. Beautiful, it's beautiful. You got everything from like uh, Therese Nielsen to one of the cards we'll talk about, in, like not the next one, but the one after. We have to mention the alt yes. art on that one. Yes. Uh, so uh, next one is one of the cards that I had a small debate with uh, with someone about. It's Anime Library, it's a, which is it's a f- hilarious. It's a four blue blue enchantment aura at rare. 
Enchant Your Library. What? Yep. Uh, enchant Enchanted Library is an artifact creature on the battlefield with power and toughness each equal to the number of cards in it. It is still a library. If Enchanted Library would leave okay. the battlefield, exile Animate Library instead. The spoil oh, and, the, okay. and the flavor text says, sometimes the books hit back. <laughs> so so the big thing with Animate Library is I read the first two lines, or the first two clauses, which is the Enchant Your Library, and it's an artifact creature with PT equal to the number of cards in it. And I was like, what happens if I bounce it? Do I just draw my library? What happens if I destroy it? No, if you do, I just do they just get milled? If you, but no, no, because they thought about that. Exile animate library. You would exile would the library. The yeah, you can't just be like, yeah, oh, bounce my hand, bounce my deck to my hand. Reliquary tower. Lol. What up? Oh, what's that? I have lab maniac. Oh no. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of weirdness that would go on there. Um, there, there. I had a, I had a small debate with with another content creator about it. Uh, about how they're like, why not just leave that loophole open? And I, and I was more like, you don't want people to just lose to a removal spell. Never, like they would just lose it, the game. Never leave it open. Never, like always yeah, close the, loopholes. The argument was that this card is literally the same as a card that reads whatever. Make a artifact creature token that it has power of toughness equal to your library, and it has haste. Yep. Which is, sure, that's fine, but one of them enchants your library, and the other is just boring. Yeah. Which, to be fair, I understand their I understand their point, and it's fine, but they're wrong and I hate them. Okay. Which I don't. I actually don't hate them. It's fine. So then, so we, had a, we had a heated debate, and we're still friends. Wow. <laughs> Anyways, the next card, actually, it's more like six cards that we have to talk about <laughs> all right so <laughs> it's there was there's very cryptic command which the first time we saw it it was one blue 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 instant rare uh which says choose to untap two target permanents tap each permanent target player controls with exactly one word in its name discard all cards in your hand then draw that many cards and then return target instant sorcery card from your graveyard to your hand can, and we all had discussions about it. Uh, there was one magic discord I'm in where we discussed it, whether or not it would be playable in modern, which spoiler alert it was because it taps island. It taps mountain. I mean, it's a really good card. Yeah. it And not only that, too, if you have multiples of this card, you literally just loop it. You can just loop it and deck yourself and it's hilarious. And then a picture came out on Monday of three other uh, – very cryptic commands with different texts. And different art. <laughs> well, one specifically with different art. But it turns out that there are uh, six different very cryptic commands. Yeah. We're not going to talk about all of them. But they all have choose twos and they all have not, – not, not, they all have different four modes. Flavor, I guess, to the, to the modes. Like one yeah. of them is um, – one of them's like, you know, make artifacts tokens and stuff so like another the one that's labeled f there's an unstable variance page that went up today on magic online or on, on the wizard coast website which is scry three make a two two black road with menace add or subtract one or one from a number or number word on target spell or permanent until end of turn or return all artifacts target player controls to its owner's hand onto the owner's hand i'm sorry but, but the one scry three what up yeah yeah uh but the only one of the mention is uh the one that is labeled as a which is very cryptic command, one blue, 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 instant rare. Those are all the same. Choose two. Switch target creature's power and toughness until end of turn. Target creature can't be blocked this turn. 
draw a card. If that card's art is by Wayne England, you may reveal it and draw another card. Wayne, Wayne, Wayne England being the original artist of, I think, all the commands, if I recall correctly, mm-hmm. uh, and assemble a contraption. And the B through F versions of Very Cryptic Command are all done by Zoltan Boros. Uh, yes. However, the A version is a black and, black and white sketch by Wayne England, who, if you've been following the Magic community, uh, passed away uh, recently. And this sketch was all that the that the art department had, and he was unable to finish it before the actual before he passed. Um, before he, pa- he was unable to finish it before he passed for unstable, which is why this one is in black and white, and the other full, the other five have a similar art by by Zoltan Boros. Can, can I just tell you though that a foil version of that sketch card is going to be money? Yes. Also, the other thing- also I need to ask Mike if it is considered. Uh, if if unsets are considered uh vintage art is constructed legal does Wayne have lands i don't i don't know (laughs) i don't think he does Uh, i I remember seeing that earlier but uh the deal with the wayne england vcc uh is that there's deck lists or not deck lists there's deck boxes and sleeves and a playmat with this art and ultra pro uh says the sales of these go towards uh i believe it's either wayne england or a charity of his choice it's also that is mentioned in the uh game nights video that's linked below so yeah so all of the proceeds from the wayne england vcc arts are going to a good cause yeah it's and seriously just go check out the unstable variants page because it's pretty cool there's four target minotaurs. There's six sly spies. Six amateur diff- altar. There's five secret bases. Uh, there's four novelementals. Uh, there's uh, six knight of the kitchen sinks, which all have protection for different things. Uh, there's a lot. Of, there's also uh, six garbage elementals, uh, which six. my favorite one is. Um, which one is? It? Oh, it's uh, it's E. Uh, it has unleash. It's a five mana four three. Uh, each creature you control with any kind of counter on it has art menace uh, that can't be blocked except by creatures with two or more visible figures in their art. Oh my god, that's so good. Uh, there's also one that has undying, and when it comes to play, assemble a contraption. Yeah, I, I like the cascade one. Everyone's like, oh my god, get right into uh, Yidris. Yes, yeah, uh, all the garbage elementals are also hilarious. And then the the real funny one is the extremely slow zombie, which is a one of the black 3-3 three, three with last strike. So it deals damage after everything else dealt damage. Uh, there's four versions: one for one for summer, one for fall, one for winter, one for spring. Uh, and the flavor text is for the first one, a for the second one, for the third one, and for the last one. Yeah, the whole thing being like it takes year. literally four seasons for it to reach yeah. you, and even then, it still hasn't gotten you yet. Nope. It's an extremely slow Zambi. Yeah. So it's fun. I, I love the art things. and the, they're, it, It's kind of a nice shout out to back in the day when they would have different art. You know, like when we say Everyone, back in the day, we mean like the original couple sets that came out where it's like you've got arts A, B, and C on these commons. Uh, like that's why also, you have that's uh, why you have so many different Urza lands kind of thing. Uh, also, alongside the lines of, you know, everyone has their favorite him to Turok art. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And that, that, that can get into a real uh, the, debate with the, some people. It's the moon art. Come on. I mean, three wolf moons hard to argue. You can't you can't beat the wolf you can't beat the moon, man. <laughs> it's the best. 
Anyways, <laughs> uh, next one that I got listed here is Graveyard Busybody. Yes, it's a four blue and a blue human spy at rare with star star. So what's the star star you ask? Well, all graveyards are also your graveyards. Yep. Okay, so Graveyard Busybody's power and toughness are equal to the number of cards with flavor text in your graveyards. The fact that this is your graveyards is just uh, beautiful. Dredge players have fun. <laughs> it's so weird. I love it. So oh, there's some, there are a lot of cards that don't have flavor text, but flavor text as a mechanic is actually referenced so many times on Unstable. Yeah. It's, it's so love, good. I also love this for just like shenanigans. Like, for example, Snapcaster Mage says, you know, flat tar- target spell in your graveyard games. Flashback. Oh, also. So you can Snapcaster your, your yeah, you can Snapcaster your opponent's graveyard. You can raise dead your opponent's graveyard to put John, one of their creatures into your hand. John. What? Past in flames. I, I know. I'm aware. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen things. Uh, no, this card has a lot of really weird things that are like implied based on the fact that like all graveyards are your graveyards go on um it's uh it's like, oh yeah uh next card is a card that definitely has got gotten a lot of talk which is summon the pack okay it is seven and a black for a mythic sorcery open a sealed magic booster pack reveal the cards and put all creature cards revealed this way onto the battlefield under your control they're zombies in addition to their other types so the pro strat for this is you put a pack of legions because if you're not if you're newer to the game legions is infamous for being creatures only. Infamous or just famous? Because I believe it's just famous for it. Well known. Well, well known. Well known. Yeah. Well, not really well known if you weren't playing them, but um, uh, Frank Carson actually did a analysis of which packs aside from legions would be the best to get some of the pack with. Okay. Um, you can find that on Channel Fireball. Uh, we'll link it down below. Yep. And then one note about getting legions, though. Phage. The Phage the untouchable you get to, is also But that's the legions. best part, is you pay seven and a black and play the flattery. Because <laughs> Phage, Phage is notorious for the line of text. If When Phage enters the battlefield, if you didn't cast it, uh, you lose the game. So some of the pack will get you, on average, you know, the beefiest creatures with some with a few ETBs here and there. But man, you're gonna pay if you hit Phage, dude. Some I was looking at some of the comments. What about if you act accidentally, accidentally a Theros God Pack? I mean, that's hilarious because all the gods <laughs> will also be active. Yep, they all activate each other. It's like yeah, and I have every god. Yay, huzzah! But then you're opening Journey to next. That that. Anyways. Uh, next card that I want to talk about is great for many ways, for many reasons. One of which is it's a uh, a great phrase from uh, God. What's that from? Like what? What's that phrase usually from? I don't know, but it's like it's gangster the... movies or something. It, it's the yeah. big idea. Hey, what's the big idea? Uh, he's a four red red four four legendary brainiac villain at rare. Yes, uh, villains. Yes, you can pay two and two hybrid black red mana. And tap him to roll a six-sided die and create a number of 1-1 red Brainiac creature tokens equal to the result. And then you can tap three untapped Brainiacs to make it so the next time you roll, you roll a six-sided die, you instead roll two of those and then choose the total of those – and then use the total of those results. Uh, there are other Brainiacs in the set like uh, 
Paniac, who's two and a red O3 creature Brainiac at common, where at the beginning of your upkeep you roll a six-sided die, and Paniac gets plus X plus O until end of turn, where X is the result on the die. Um, there's a few other Brainiacs, but those, but the big idea is kind of the big one. Yeah, it's, for it lack seems of a like word. it seems fun. Like four four for that, and you can just you know start making a bunch of creature tokens. And if you have some nice, and yeah, yeah, it seems pretty fun. It also so let's say that you make you have a bit you do the big idea and you make three Brainiacs. Then the next turn you tap three Brainiacs and you activate the big idea and you roll two die and then it just gets bigger and bigger and it's hilarious. Like put this in Perforos. Exactly. Or uh, Panharmonicon. Well, no, you can't put it in Perforos because it has its color identity is black red because of the you hybrid have Perforos cost in, the... in it. Yes, there we go. Uh, next card is <laughs> I don't know. Tutor up one that makes my head hurt a little bit. Oh God! I just actually so I haven't actually ever clicked on the uh, Mythic spoiler <laughs> page for it. Oh uh, no! You made a terrible mistake. I done goof, John. <laughs> so going. Ian, tell us about this card. Oh my god. So Infinity Elementals, four triple red. It's for a seven CMC. Creature and elemental. That's mythic. Infinite power and five toughness. Yep. And, and when I say infinite power, I mean literally it says, as a reminder, this creature has infinite power. Yeah, it's emphasis, a little infinity emphasis on there. Emphasis all the card. It literally is bolded and italicized. Yep. Uh, it's also leaving the uh, the the frame, which not many cards in in Unstable do, but Infinity Elemental does for good reason. I'm happy it does. Uh, it it its best friend is Fling. Yep. Um, also, if you give it Lifelink and then you gain infinite life, you can't lose according to Mark Rosewater because if even if you get dealt infinite damage, you still have infinite life. Oh my god, right, because that's what, alright, yeah, so that's why whenever you're saying like, oh yeah, I'm going to go off with this combo, you have to pick a finite number, because yes. then someone can turn around, like, so say you're in, uh, you're playing Collected Counters, and you say, okay, I combo through this, I gain a million life. Alright, cool. Your opponent, god knows why, does has a Kiki deck, and they Kiki combo you out and say, well, I hit you for a million and two. Yeah, that's why you have to name specific numbers, to avoid this problem. But this one's fun because it's unstable. Yeah. Also, um, its flavor text uh, is, it's so infinite that its flavor text says, comma, it's so infinite that its flavor text says, comma, it's so infinite that its flavor text says, comma, it's so infinite that its flavor text says, comma, it's so, it does it that until goes, you can't really read it. And then I, I on the webpage on Mythic Spoiler, you just keep scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and yep. scrolling. And Someone scrolling. had fun on that one. And scrolling <laughs> yeah infinite elemental is is great um there's also the, the big argument was whether or not infinite damage could deal with infinite life and the answer is no because infinity is not a number it's a concept yep so this uh, next card though gets my award for quote-unquote mechanic i would most like to see actually make regular black border play i think it's the closest purely silver bordered card that could be black bordered and it's really good rate on return, too. So yep. it's the super-duper it Death Ray. Silly name aside, it's a two-and-a-red instant at Uncommon. It has Trample. Yes. What? An instant with Trample. Because super-duper de super Death Ray deals four damage to target creature. It doesn't say creature or player. Oh, and through. It says creature. Yeah, because dealing 
it makes sense why it says creature so that you could actually highlight the fact that it has trample. Um, cause apparently Mark Rosewater's tried to put trample on instants and sorceries before, and it's never worked for one reason or another. Um, this is like, it, I mean, I saw this, I was like, this could literally be a black border card. It could for, but like the other thing that it said is that, um, in eternal, which I've been playing a lot recently, there's a mechanic called overwhelm, which is essentially trample. Um, and they have a card called obliterate, which is a five cost, uh, requires two red, uh, deal six with overwhelm which is basically this card except you know a little bit more expensive and deals more damage um and there are some people like they plagiarized and it's like no they both came to the same they both came to the same good idea yeah and like this idea is not new in magic i'm like i think mark's been trying to do this for maybe 10 plus years it's just that the for some reason the rules don't support creature keywords going on non-creatures that's the issue is that you can't put life or not in general they did they were able to put lifelink on on spells because of so far grandmaster but for some reason trample just does not work going on instant sorceries for one reason or another yeah still but cool card it is a cool card i'd love to see it make its way into black border but i'm not sure when that will be i mean it's a very high pickable card too <laughs> oh yeah it's extremely playable uh, next card we're gonna talk about is the earl of squirrel the earl of squirrel also, which, which will have alternate art if you go out and draft it this weekend. It is yes. the draft weekend card. Yes. The Earl of Squirrel is four green green for a four four le- creature squirrel advisor, non-legendary, because uh, Mark wanted people who have like casual squirrel decks to play multiples of them. Uh, it's a rare. Uh, it says creature tokens you control are squirrels in addition to their other creature types. Uh, your other squirrels get plus one plus one. Oh, and it has squirrel link. Hell which means... <laughs> judge which says damage dealt by this creature also causes you to create that many one one green squirrel creature tokens it's hilarious deranged hermit found his new best friend also you can curve deranged hermit into earl of squirrel oh my god if if you don't pay the echo um on deranged hermit but why wouldn't you that's beside well never know that's the point uh earl of squirrel is fantastic squirrel link is a hilarious name for an ability i love it it's Um, so good it is real real good now the last card we're going to talk about uh is great for is great for many reasons because it's all the ways that x is gonna give it to you (laughs) you gonna what gonna give it to you excuse me i am i am quite white um (laughs) So, <laughs> X, literally is, the the letter X. Yep, not like EX. Literally letter X. Blue black for a legendary creature, human spy at rare. He's a two two, and it has the very confusing paragraph of text, which is the following: As long as X is an X's owner's opponent's hand, comma, X's owner may cast X and activate X's abilities. Period. That opponent can't cast X and plays with his or her hand revealed. Okay, so how do I get X, the owner of X, into my opponent's hand? Well, you can play. You can pay blue, black, and tap to put X into target opponent's hand from the battlefield. That only functions from the battlefield. And then you may pay three blue and a black and colon. You may play a card from the same hand as X without paying its mana cost. I hear you like sneaking big fatties into play. 
or attempting to at least. Yeah. Uh, I also believe that that last ability should work in your hand as long as you like reveal X and go like, hey, X is in my hand. I'm activating this ability. I assume that should work. I am unsure if it does, but judge. <laughs> I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I am a judge, but I, I'm, I'm again I'm I'm making a big okay here here we go actually all right uh X X X X X uh oh god it's actually in the first line of text from the fact want access to your opponent's cards X go and give it to you but you have to get X into that opponent's hand. Boom, boom. Yeah. Um, let's see. Um, the Grand Kakatron. Um, oh, wait. Actually, in multiplayer games, you can move X from one opponent's hand to the other. What? Yep. It's right here in the fact. Nice. Um, there's no other um, rules it claims for, for that, but I'm assuming that it does. But anyways, that's beside the point. Um, X is so weird. It's so weird. Like this is definitely a card that can only work in silver bordered. Oh yeah, like like there's some cards that sure they can work in black border. Like we mentioned, Super Trooper Death Raid. Like that could feasibly work, but not (laughs) not X. Not ever. Gross. But (sighs) I think that's gonna do it because Unstable's got a lot of other things going on that we could talk about. That we just don't have the, the sanity the sanity for. Like, there's a card that cares about capital letters. There's a card that, you know... There's a lot of cards that will uh, increase or decrease your uh, die rolls, which are kind of nice with the sheer amount of things. We have... There's a card that turns your deck into four smaller decks. There's a card that is literally based i think it's the first vanilla card that has ever been in an unset it's a literal piker it's a two mana two one artifact creature that shows up with four different names well four different yeah four different names it's a kill bot no and four different names oh right i forgot about that yeah it's uh there's there's a curious kill bot which is a two mana two one there's delighted kill bot two mana two one Despondent Killbot 2 mana 2 1 and en- Enraged Killbot 2 mana 2 1 with all different flavor texts. Still. Um, and we didn't even still. talk about Spike, which has like infinite combos because Spike is awesome. Yeah. Uh, turns out you can either get um, Time Vault Voltaic Key uh, if you are so inclined, or you can also get um, Painter Grindstone. Yeah. We didn't even talk about Crow Storm. We didn't talk about Crow Storm. Crow Storm is hilarious for many different reasons we didn't talk about clock napper clock napper is also ridiculous like the the set is steal a phase of their turn like if you like fun magic go draft this set yes if you want spiky magic seriously go draft this set like there are some (laughs) seriously ridiculous spike stuff you can do in this set oh yeah there's a lot of things that you can do like open open spike tournament grinder for one and then um just go to town. Yeah, so we'll just mention Spike real quick. So Spike Tournament Grinder, you've seen her, obviously. She's two and a black Phyrexian, black Phyrexian mana for a 1-1 legendary creature human gamer. So you can pay two and four life for her. But she also has four black Phyrexian mana to pay, or you can pay, so you can pay four mana or eight life. Choose a card that you own from outside the game that has banned or restricted in a constructed format. Reveal that card and put it in your hand. Now, 
Voltaic Key has been banned in Urza Block Constructed, and Time Vault is banned in Legacy? It is restricted in Legacy. Restricted in Legacy. Right, so it's restricted, so that's where it gets around. Or restricted yes. in Vintage. Yeah, it's restricted in Vintage, banned in Legacy. So that's where you can get both of those for it, and you can go make infinite turns. Exactly. And then uh, Painter Grindstone, uh, Painter is banned in Commander, and I forget where Grindstone is banned. I looked it up, and then I've since way, forgotten it. There's fun stuff you can do. Yep. Just have have a ball. Like, if you go somewhere and you're going to draft, like, if you want to kind of keep a pack in your back pocket, just in case you happen to open uh, some, of know, the pack. some of the pack, go for it. Or just be like, just go surreptitiously after you've drafted, go to your store owner and buy some packs. <laughs> and, and go up and go, uh, let me see your most exotic packs. <laughs> I'm here for only the finest. <laughs> Indubitably. Uh, uh, from the joke, the joke from Friday nights, uh, where it's like we got a box of Portal Three Kingdoms in the back. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> you want a pack of P Three K? No. Oh, all right. Oh, all right. Back in the safe. Um, no, it's it's a fun set. Definitely go check it out. Um, it'll probably tide you over while the the holidays come through, and uh, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. If you I'm have looking friends, forward to it. If you have friends and family at home, just pick up a box, draft with some friends, and worst comes to worst. You get a bunch of cool lands out of it. Oh yes, there's like one in every pack. Asterisk. Uh, the, yeah, there's one land. There's one land in every pack unless you find a steam flogger boss. Yeah, I had to put the asterisk on there. I know people who bought literal cases of this set just for the lands. Oh yeah, and that's definitely going to be something that you'll see. Yeah, because these if, lands, if you like we said, are you, very pretty. If you pull an island, that's like a three dollar bill right there. Yeah. Even the cheapest right. lands, plains and mountains, are like two dollars. So. So, Ian, if people wanted to talk to you later on the social medias, where should they do so? You guys can find me on Twitter at DixonIJ. That's D-I-X-O-N-I-J. Or you can find me on Twitch at Dix, D-I-X, um, with Cube coming back because it's the holiday season and crack them packs. Uh, I'm going to probably be streaming at least one or two drafts of those. I'm going to try to rope John into one. At yeah. least, uh, probably draft while I'm home. Get Lindsay's brothers and Lindsay in on the action. Uh, first stream should be fun. Uh, I want to start streaming some Legacy again because GP uh, Seattle is coming up next year, and I'll be busy for a lot of the interim between there. So I want to kind of jam some Legacy if I can. So look for that, John. Where can they find you? You guys can find me on Twitter at jwiley129. That's J-W-I-L-E-Y-129. You can also find me on Twitch by that same handle. If you see me anywhere, just say hi. Uh, I'm always welcome to chat about various things. Uh, if you want to reach the podcast, you can do so directly on Twitter at Eyes and the Mize, or you can send us an email at eyesandthemize at gmail.com. Uh, we, are always, we are always open to hear how we can best improve the podcast for you, our lovely listeners. On behalf of Ian, I'm John, and we'll talk to you all next time. <laughs>